This is Upstate's HealthLink on air. Linda Cohen here with you. Lung cancer is the leading cancer killer in both men and women in the U.S. and causes more deaths than colorectal, breast, and prostate cancers combined. An estimated 158,000 Americans are expected to die from lung cancer this year, accounting for approximately 27% of all cancer deaths. And what's worse is there are usually no symptoms until it's become advanced and life-threatening. So screening and early detection are an important way to save lives. And here with more on what's new in lung cancer screening is Dr. Santiago Miro, Assistant Professor of Radiology and the leading physician for the Lung Cancer Screening Program at Upstate's Cancer Center. Welcome, Dr. Miro. Thanks for coming in. Thank you very much for having me. So lung cancer is a real killer. I mean, I read something that more than half of the people with lung cancer will die within a year of being diagnosed. Why is that? Well, as opposed to many other cancers that present with some uh, type of symptoms, uh, lung cancer is, is very much of a silent killer because uh, once uh, the, the symptoms start occurring, which are usually cough, um, sometimes uh, uh, coughing up blood or uh, weight loss, we uh, end up finding tumors that are already not resectable, not operable, basically, and therefore uh, very, very advanced on a higher stage of, of cancer grading. So that's really making it kind of a scary thing if you have no idea you have it and then you basically find a symptom and then you're kind of really far down the road. And treatment is problematic as well, even Absol at that stage. Absolutely, absolutely. It, uh, it becomes obviously much more difficult to treat and the results uh, are often uh, less favorable than you would have in um, breast cancers or even prostate cancers or colon cancers. So it's almost a double whammy in the sense that it, we both you have the problem of late diagnosis but you also have the problem of efficacy of treatments today. Is it, and it's, it's not only because it's a late diagnosis, it's because do we have really effective lung cancer treatment today? We do, uh, most definitely when, when, when cancers are smaller, uh, so we separate cancers in stages uh, one to four essentially, and uh, when you're referring to the advanced cancers, uh, we very or most often find cancers are going to be uh, on a stage three, which are definitely very advanced cancers. Uh, but when we find them in a stage one or stage two, there is actually a very good chance of, uh, of cure, either by a surgical resection or sometimes uh, when surgery is not an option for various uh, coexistent uh, conditions in the patient uh, by uh, focal radiotherapy, uh, SBRT, or, or other basically methods that we can use. So it's radiation treatment. Yes, radiation treatment. And then there's also the adjunctive uh, chemotherapy treatments, uh, which we give very often under different circumstances that are also fairly efficient. The problem is once we get to an advanced stage, so a late stage two, I would say, or an advanced uh, stage like a stage three and obviously a stage four, uh, which also uh, indicates... That means it's been metastasized. Yes, well. most of the time metastasized or invasion of vital structures and so on. In those cases, there's not much we can do. So the bottom line here is, I think what I said in the intro, which is you're just corroborating, is basically it's not so much the, uh, the problem on the treatment end, it's the problem of finding it early enough. Uh, and hence the whole importance of screening. Absolutely. And, and it, it is kind of fascinating when we look at the history of lung cancer uh, that we haven't had a very significant impact on the uh, terminal outcomes of lung cancer probably until now. Uh, even with the advent of uh, chest x-rays where we thought, uh, you know, a hundred years back when, 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 uh, when radiography uh, started, uh, we thought that we would have a, a good take on the lung cancers and it ended up uh, that we showed that there is actually no effect on following people with x-rays. 
not in terms of the detection of cancer, but in the outcome, uh, that is how far after detection they die or the length of the disease or the advancement of the so disease. So are you saying that x-rays were in, ineffective in finding early enough cancers or effective in even diagnosing cancer? So we found the cancers, but by the time we found them, uh, even though they were not as advanced as someone who comes in without a symptom, uh, the actual effect didn't change anything. So we found them what's called a lead bias. We find them before they became symptomatic, but the end point, which is the time until a patient dies, in large quantity of patients, large, large cohorts of patients, didn't show any advantage in survival in the patients who were screened with x-rays as opposed to people who did or were not screened at all. So the bottom line is you were using x-ray as a methodology, were there, and it was less effective. It, it did find some things, but not early enough to make a difference. What were there other types of uh, attempts at screening? So not until recently. So uh, the the initial uh, idea that the lung cancer screening program with CT, which is what has been offered now, uh, would actually work, came from originally from a a group of uh, of uh, physicians in, in New York, a former group called the LCAP, the early. Uh, uh, cancer treating uh, trials that we did, and they basically asked people if they wanted to enroll in this program and be followed for a period of years and try to see how uh, the CTs, the yearly CTs, would would uh, would end up contributing to detecting disease and possibly um, avoiding uh, early early deaths from the disease. And the LCAP was uh, was a study that was performed. Uh, on people, all comers, who were, were interested. So it wasn't really a randomized study where you have a group of people who undergo the treatment, those who don't, and then you compare the outcomes of the two, which is really what a scientific trial should be about. But the LCAP had extremely compelling evidence uh, that uh, lung cancer screening by CT was actually efficient, and that more than 80% of the cancers that they detected were stage 1, and therefore, as we said before, cancers that were actually curable. So bottom line is this the new recommendation or this national lung cancer screening program, the new recommendation is low-dose CT scanning, and it has been shown to be effective in terms of picking up, as you said, in that st one study, 80%. So that's it. So, I mean, that, that study, the LCAP, was kind of as a, 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 not really a... A, a double uh, randomized uh, right. study, uh, but the, the following study that came a few years after was the NLST, which you might hear about, and that actually compared people who actually had no treatment, uh, CT, and X-ray, and they found that the arms that had X-ray and no treatment did exactly the same, but that the, the patients who actually had a CT, again, we found that more than 80% of the cancers, again, were stage one, and uh, there was a reduced mortality uh, of about 20% from lung cancer, and in addition to that, there was an even greater reduced mortality from all causes, basically, because when we do the CT, we end up finding uh, cardiac uh, coronary calcifications, sometimes, you know, uh, renal masses, which turn out to be a cancer, or liver masses, which turn out to be a cancer, that are also acted upon at that time. So this was the National Lung Screening Trial that you referred to, and, and it gave birth to this new recommendation. What exactly is the new recommendation then? So the new recommendation, based on the data that we uh, that we actually gained from the NLST, uh, is that uh, for a set of patients, basically smokers or related to smoking, I will give you the criteria in a few seconds, participating in a yearly low-dose CT lung cancer screen uh, actually 
it helps uh, to uh, provide a decrease in mortality. And obviously the working hypothesis at this point, as we got from the studies, is that is because we catch the cancers at an earlier phase, which is actually treatable. There are criteria to sit in uh, to enter the, uh, the program. Not everyone can actually enter a program, not even every smoker or prior smoker. So uh, major criteria are that, first of all, you have to be a certain age. The ages that are actually acceptable uh, are between 55 and 77 years old. Uh, and you have to be a smoker, a current smoker, who has smoked at least what we call 30 pack years. So just to give an indication, a pack year is a standard pack of 20 cigarettes per day in average for at least one year. So if you smoke two packs a day, for one year, you have two pack years. On the other hand, if you smoke one half a pack a day for 10 years, you have five pack years. So you have to have a total of that little arithmetic of 30 pack years. That's one important criteria. The other criteria, uh, if you're no longer a smoker, is that you should have stopped smoking 15 years ago or less. So if you fulfill any of those criteria, so 30 pack years or 30 pack years and haven't been smoking for 15 years, you fulfill that criteria. The other criteria is that you should have no symptoms. A screening program, by definition, is only done on people, on participants who are asymptomatic. If you have symptoms, uh, then obviously you should go to see a doctor and get a diagnostic CT, not a screening CT. So you can't have symptoms that can be related for cancer, like an, you know, an acute cough, a localized chest pain, coughing up blood, uh, new shortness of breath that hasn't been explained, uh, or weight loss that hasn't been explained. And if you fulfill this, then you are eligible for the lung cancer screening program. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm Linda Cohen along with radiologist Dr. Santiago Miro. We're talking about the importance of lung cancer screening. So is this an, a, um, a protocol that's available? You said you're eligible. So you can do this at no cost to yourself? Yes. So uh, the, the wonderful event that happened last year on February 5th of 2015 was that CMS, the Center for uh, Medical Services, approved uh, the uh, lung cancer screening program and that now is part of the mandate uh, both of the Affordable, Affordable Care Act and is now also followed by pretty much every insurance company. Uh, so if you go to your insurance company, uh, you basically are covered or if you're over 65 and you come to the hospital, this is also covered. Normally, uh, there shouldn't be any requirement for, uh, for pre-authorization because it is a covered service uh, by mandate. But some insurance companies do require it as a matter of formality, although there's usually no issues in getting it. So it's very hopeful, especially for people who have been smoking 30-pack years and are between the ages of 55 and 77, you said, in terms of knowing well in advance or finding a potential lung cancer before it becomes life-threatening. So I, I think that's obviously something very important for people to do. Let's get down to this whole idea. What's a low-dose CT scan based on, how is that different than other CTs? In terms of what the patient experience is, it's exactly the same. So you will come and get a CT. It's always a CT without contrast, so you don't need any injection or IV uh, put in or anything. So you just walk in. The CT itself really, uh, once you're on the table, takes about 15 seconds to perform. So it's really something that's really quick and maybe five minutes to get you, you know, set up on the CT table. So it's a really a quick exam. It's not very inconvenient. Uh, the low dose part is something that on our end, technically because of a lot of, of, of factors,
factors that we can actually adjust on the CT, we managed to get a much lower dose of radiation that we would use for a diagnostic, diagnostic CT. So in a sense, if you're doing it on an annual basis, you're, you're getting less exposure to radiation. You are getting much less exposure to radiation uh, in, in the range probably of uh, um, probably 20% of what a regular CT would, uh, would actually uh, impart on you. What are the potential downsides, though, of this? I know that I read somewhere, I don't want to run out of time, but this whole idea of false positives and people getting, you know, little signs, you know, they, it's a very sensitive test, may pick up something that, in fact, is not really a lung cancer. What happened? That, that's an excellent question, and that is actually also one of the requirements of joining the, uh, the lung cancer screening program. Pa patients have to be explained in detail by their recurring, recurring physician uh, about these issues, basically. It's called a shared decision-making process. Uh, so what you're referring to in terms of false positives is that obviously when we see the images, we don't know from looking at the images if what we find on the images is really a positive cancer or if it's just a benign spot on your lung that a lot of people can have. Sometimes we can make the distinction as radiologists, but sometimes um, the features of both a, a nodule that could be a cancer or not can be exactly the same. So we do call the spot, which we call a nodule, and that nodule then needs further investigation. So you might have, a, have to have a biopsy of something like that. You could that. have a biopsy or uh, sometimes, uh, well, obviously a surgery, a mediastinoscopy, and so on, and that is actually uh, something that can lead to additional complications or issues that need to be addressed uh, at that point. But is in the main and on the whole, what would you say the rate of, of, of benefit, cost-benefit is here? It's, it's very high, actually. I mean, the, the, the complications from false positive is extremely rare, but can happen and can be devastating, but it's extremely rare. Uh, so there is a net benefit, and that is why the CMS and the uh, U.S. Preventative Task Force has agreed to approve for this uh, lung cancer screening program. Very briefly, how would someone get a hold of this program here at Upstate? At Upstate, uh, the phone number to call would be uh, 315, obviously, 464-8668. You can go to option one and speed up the process. Uh, or you can call also directly us in radiology or myself at 464-7439 if you have questions. Dr. Santiago Miro, Assistant Professor of Radiology and the Chief Physician for the Lung Cancer Screening Program at Upstate. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing this with us. I'm Linda Cohen, and you're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air.